What's up everyone? This is episode 028, Focus 40. It's all about product success. 1, 2, 3, go! Welcome to the Design Your Thinking Podcast, a show where we think, learn, and explore the product mindset so you can design better products every day. And now your host, Karthik. Welcome back to the Design Your Thinking Podcast and this is me, Karthik. Today's episode is the second part of the interview with David Fredden, the first part of which you can hear in episode 027. In episode 27, David spoke about a lot of different things from value-driven decision-making, his morning routine, mediating conflicts, management by wandering that he learned from Hewlett-Packard, and the six keys to product success. The interview with David actually went on for a very long time, but I found every bit of it so useful for you and hence decided to split it into two parts. Today's episode is the second part of the interview with David and he talks about the future of products, the rise of the product success manager and talks about focusing on the customer's journey and how you can upskill yourself as a product manager. If this sounds interesting, I think we should jump right in. I don't want to really stand between you and David at this point, but I'm going to introduce David to you nevertheless just in case this happens to be the first episode you are tuning into. Before I went on to introduce today's guest, I'd like to give some love to today's sponsor, ConvertKit. I wrote an ebook back in the February of 2016 and switched to ConvertKit from another email provider. Having posted my ebook in Gumroad, I found ConvertKit's integration with Gumroad, the autoresponders and sequences, automation triggers as so very helpful in segmenting my audience and also growing an audience from literally zero to over a thousand in less than four months. ConvertKit's integration with Zapier and the extended integration with tools like UserVoice, Trello, Asana, and many other product and project management and customer feedback apps makes it the best email tool for product managers and makers. Go to designyourthinking.com/convertkit to sign up and get the first month free for being a Design Your Thinking podcast listener. Start to engage with your users and customers like never before. Again, it's designyourthinking.com/convertkit. David Fredden is a classically trained product manager at Hewlett Packard during the 50 years that HP grew 20% a year. Apple recruited him to bring the first hard disk drive in on a personal computer to the market. He soon rose to Apple's management ranks to the same level as that of Steve Jobs by heading the Apple 3 product line and providing the profits for which was eventually used for the development of the Macintosh. Since 1969 David has worked on over 75 products and services at 25 small, medium and large organizations and 11 startups covering hardware, software services, internet, SaaS, mobile, advertising, online training, video and for non-profit public policy associations and political campaigns. Let's now jump right back into the interview with David.
So David, uh, we'll now move into the third part of our interview, which I call the crystal ball. Essentially, we all have opinions. While these opinions themselves may not be that important, they sometimes bring in interesting perspectives that could trigger new conversations about the future of products and the discipline of product management itself. The, the whole notion of products has evolved so much from digital products, APIs, the evolving notion of user interfaces and the Internet of Things. Everything is so rapidly changing. So David, you've been in this game for quite a while and you have a clear picture of what's happened in the, in the past 40 years. With that, how do you see the notion of products change in the next five years? I think they're just going to get better and better. Uh, more and more organizations are going to copy what Apple does, which is looks at what people do and then innovates on that to do it better, faster, quicker, uh, mm -hmm. with more style than in the past. Uh, with the advent of the Internet of Things, uh, let me just give you one example. Um, I just got a little roost uh, battery to stick in my smoke detector, mm -hmm. and I looked about it at an insurance uh, disrupted conference, and it resonated with me because uh, while I was uh, at my condo in, in Maui, one of the other condos in my complex in Silicon Valley uh, went up in flames. Mm -hmm. And, of course, nobody noticed that the building was burning until the flames started coming through the roof. Whereas this little roost uh, battery, which costs, I think, about $15, and you stick it in your smoke detectors, connect it to your Wi-Fi network, and you get an emergency alarm on your uh, cell phone mm -hmm. that uh, your, your fire alarm is going off, and there's a button right there that you just touch it, and it immediately calls the fire department. Uh, the interesting thing is when these guys pitched the thing, they talked about this $15 battery, and one of the venture capitalists there said, oh, that battery's way too expensive. You can buy a regular battery for $2. Mm -hmm. uh, he didn't realize what his value proposition was, that that was a cheap form of fire insurance. And also what it represents is all of these Internet of Things are going to be able to collect data in all sorts of different places, and then we have to get creative on uh, how we use that data uh, in order to improve um, society. The, uh, what that is all connected to, and the biggest thing that's going to be changing products is we have to understand what the customer's journey is from being at rest to a trigger point to considering things to solve one's problem to evaluating things to solve that problem, to buying it, to getting your return on investment on it, uh, and then before you make a recommendation. So there's seven steps in the customer's journey. And people, for example, uh, don't understand that. They uh, connect with me on LinkedIn, and the next thing I hear from them is they want me to buy something from them. I don't know who they are. They haven't established their credibility. Uh, I don't know what the... I, I can't tell if they even bothered to look at my profile because they're not focusing on my value proposition. Um, and so the tendency in the digital world is to collapse all seven of those things, right, from the introduction to asking for the order, mm -hmm. when in reality you have to take people through what, what I call the customer journey uh, to understand uh, better what information is needed at what step of the customer journey and uh, implementing that along with uh, looking at all of this big data that's coming in uh, to figure out uh, what is it that people are doing 
and how they're doing it and how things could be innovated on to help them do those things better. Beautiful. Beautiful. I, I really like the, the analogy that you, the example that you used and the analogy of the cost of battery to the price you pay for insurance. So, and, you know, that actually brought me, uh, brought this question in my mind and I was actually uh, intrigued by this point that you, you make in, in, in your course uh, building insanely great products. So you talk about entrepreneur is just French for product manager plus. Now, you know, focusing on customer journey and a lot of these things are things that I've seen entrepreneurs and startups, you know, increasingly focus on in the in these days and times, especially talking about products like you just talked about, um, Internet of Things and, and stuff like that. The cost of making production uh, where, where it is involved, you start to look at, more, focus more on the customer and the journey. So what can you talk a little bit about what this line meant in, in, in that course? Entrepreneur is just French for product manager plus. Well, there's this great misunderstanding of what a product manager is and what a product manager does. And uh, there's a lot more hype around entrepreneurship. And in fact, there are... Uh, oh, I forget how many dozens of schools of entrepreneurship at universities throughout the United States. Mm -hmm. A year ago, the New York Times did a piece on that, and I went out and analyzed um, the um, curriculum for as many of those uh, universities' uh, entrepreneur courses that I possibly could, mm -hmm. plus a number of, of private ones like um, product school and general assembly and stuff right. like that. And then I compared and contrasted that to the 130 competencies that I identify in uh, my book from Wiley called Foundations in mm -hmm. the Successful Management of Products. And I realized that there was a tremendous overlap. Uh, a product manager does uh, probably 110 of those 130 things. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but entrepreneurs don't realize that they need to have those skill sets and those competencies either themselves or with their team that covers all of those things. And so I decided to uh, try to get some attention by uh, using the word entrepreneur. And uh, I started using the terms innovation and design, which is something that I always assumed that product managers do. Uh, the second thought is I think we need a title change uh, from product management and product marketing manager since it's so poorly understood. If I had a nickel for the number of times I go to a cocktail party and somebody would ask me, what do I do? I would say, well, I'm a product manager, and they would roll their eyes and generally walk away. They have no clue as to what I do. Uh, I think the title should be um, uh, product success manager, product success director, director of product success, vice president of product success to go right along with the titles of uh, chief information officer, which used to be the IT director for uh, the uh, uh, chief uh, customer success officer, which used to be the vice president of sales and so forth. So I think if we called uh, if people called themselves uh, some title with product success, like product success manager, then I notice when I go to cocktail parties, people usually buy me a cocktail instead of walking away. <laughs> That's an interesting point, and and I I totally agree with you, and I I just can't agree for more on, on this particular point about name, 
and uh, which which brings this question in me which is you know <laughs> you know in in this whole scenario that we are in today how do you how do you see the role of a product manager evolve beyond just the name i mean one part of me uh, david says that there is nothing to do with the name you call me you know you call me anything as long as i get to do and focus on the product but how does the role itself evolve um you know if i had to keep the name side role name side a little bit for park it for a moment well I'm, with my suggestion of changing the title uh that will to product success mm-hmm. officer or manager mm-hmm. that defines the role better uh the way i see it evolving is uh first you have to understand there's a, a article on my blog about how a product manager is being uh, drawn and quartered by uh, six horses. Mm-hmm. Because typically they get dragged off. They're the project manager, the, the user experience uh, designer. They're doing wireframes. They're the uh, product owner, which is the one that keeps the backlog for, the, uh, for an agile development. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, uh, they're drawn off to do product support or uh, sales support or whatever it may be. Um, when And if they're doing that, then all of the things I talked about earlier in terms of the product market strategy are not going to get done. Mm-hmm. So I see this continuing effort to uh, pull people off into these other directions. And in fact, uh, General Assembly and uh, Imparture, who are teaching product management courses worldwide, they have, uh, for example, a part of their program focused on some of the things, some of these 130 things for product managers, or I should say product success managers. Uh, and then the other part of their time is they're teaching uh, user design, user interface design. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, excuse me, someone that is skilled in user interface design and usability generally has a four-year college degree in that field. And there's no way that a product manager can do both jobs. And in fact, uh, when I was teaching Capital One Bank uh, a few years ago in Richmond, Virginia, one of the uh, I was talking about that, and one of the product managers says, "What should we do? Should we uh, continue to do wireframes?" I said, "Absolutely not. Run away from it as fast as you can. Otherwise, you're not going to have time to get everything else done." The second thing that I advocate in my books, uh, Building Insanely Great Products, and in my uh, foundations in the successful management of products, mm-hmm. is to give the product manager or the product success officer the authority, the budgetary authority, to uh, back up the decisions they're trying to make. I believe that the money for market research should come from the product manager. I believe the money for advertising should come from the product success uh, manager. And they're the ones that allocate the budgets to the advertising department, to the marketing department, to the sales department for sales uh, support and collateral, uh, to the market research department. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is when I uh, met with John Scully after I was the product manager, group product manager for the Apple III, and he said, we just uh, canceled the uh, product line, Uh, what should we do about it? And I said, "Uh, what do you mean we? Uh, you never asked my opinion, even though I have the full responsibility for the product line. <laughs> to make, uh, I tell the full story in both of my books, but uh, uh, he said, uh, what should we do about it? I said, you give me the authority, I'll get the job done. So I think one of the things that needs to evolve is product management to product success officer, and they have the budgetary authority uh, over the entire product or product line, 
And in fact, that's the way product management started in 1932 at Procter & Gamble was brand management. The brand manager had the budgetary authority. But over the years, that authority has been taken away, uh, resulting in the product manager uh, only being able to get things done through the power of persuasion. So I have a presentation that people can go to my website and download on uh, Ask for the Authority. And it's a generic presentation of how you could make a business case to your management to give you as a product success officer mm-hmm. the budgetary and other authority to measure it with the responsibility that you have for the product and the product line. Beautiful. That, that's a, that was one question, in fact, that I had. And maybe I should nevertheless ask this question to you. David, you've been uh, in the product management world for the last 47 years. Over a period of time, uh, because of the kinds of products that came in, uh, over, uh, you know, from from 1970s to now, there have been a lot of product management practices that have improved, uh, that people have improvised on. Uh, there are a lot of techniques and um, you know added to this uh, skill set. So, if I had to think of uh, us product managers as jugglers juggling with these different balls of different techniques and uh, practices, are there one or two balls that you think we've dropped along the way? Um, in search of better practices and techniques? Well, it's it's actually worse than that. Um, It's sort of like uh, the clothes every uh, being handed down from one generation to the next. Mm -hmm. So you got several kids, you take the clothes from the oldest kid and give it to the next kid, and now it's been handed down three or four dozen times. And that's how the skill sets of how to do uh, product success have evolved, and we see that codified in the training of the companies I mentioned earlier and in just about all of the books on the topic of product management. Mm-hmm. So what's wrong is that they're copying what, how they used to do it elsewhere. So um, that's why product managers are now doing wireframes. Uh, that's why some of them are project managers. In fact, at Cisco, where I teach, the product managers there are called uh, 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 project managers. Well, project manager is a tried and true field of managing tasks and responsibilities and budgets and uh, schedules. Uh, Microsoft has changed the name to uh, uh, I forget the name of program manager, program manager, or something like that, mm-hmm. um, which. And it does the same thing. So the number one problem is the hand-me-down. And there's been very little original thinking into how to do things better. Uh, I, in my book, Building and Sailing Great Products, identify 21 new original uh, lines of thought that can help improve uh, the success of uh, of building and sailing great products that uh, either were not thought of before because people just copy the way they did it somewhere else. Uh, or uh, some ideas that I picked up along the way uh, from others. And I, uh, I've already mentioned several of them in this interview, and the rest of them are in that book. Excellent. The second thing I should say is building a same great products is about what needs to be done. Uh, my Foundations series and the successful management of products not only talks about what needs to be done, but also how to do it. And it consists of a whole series of uh, exercises uh, that uh, you do in, as you move through the books. And these same exercises are also available at Udemy uh, online uh, for my five courses of building and sailing gate products, 
do innovation design and value proposition is the second one. The third one is product market strategy, which I talked about earlier. The fourth one is foundations of marketing. And then the fifth course is uh, social media marketing demythicized. So they can really understand what it is all about and how it all fits together, uh, going back all the way to the, uh, the value proposition. So those exercises are there, and uh, along with this new original thinking. Beautiful. So what's that one thing that you want my listeners to do as soon as they finish listening to this episode, David? I think they should make a list of what skill sets they have at a, a fundamental level, an immediate intermediate level and advanced level and compare that to the 130 uh, competencies that they need to have on, on my blog and my website. I list them all 130 out uh, and then put together a plan uh, with a schedule uh, for acquiring uh, better skill sets in each of those areas of competency uh, over time. Uh, one of the questions I always get is how do I get a job as a, a product manager if I've never done it before or even if I'm doing it now? And you need to have a portfolio just like a graphics designer, which consists of your uh, primary market research, the do uh, innovation and uh, value proposition and your product market strategy and or your marketing plan. And so that you could show that to a prospective uh, hiring manager um, and if you don't have that kind of thing, one of the things you can do is go through my Udemy courses and fill out uh, those workbooks, which will give you that uh, portfolio. And you'll get a, a, a certificate at the end that you can show. And you also, uh, if you share the workbook with me and you've done reasonably good work, uh, I'll give you a letter of recommendation. Wow, that's that's awesome. Uh, I'll certainly have the links to the courses on Udemy and uh, and and the worksheets and. And yeah, and, and your blog as well in the show notes. So, um, David, your book, The Building Insanely Great Products, just released, yes, uh, not yesterday, Thanksgiving. Um, would you want to talk about your book uh, and, and tell us what inspired you to write it? I know you kind of talked about it in every part of the interview, but, but still. Yeah, I started writing it about four or five years ago, but I couldn't come up with a structure for it. And uh, after I finished uh, writing Foundations in the Successful Management of Products, uh, which is going to be distributed primarily to schools and universities uh, worldwide, mm -hmm. uh, I then thought uh, a higher level, more consumer-oriented book uh, with more stories uh, uh, would be appropriate and organize it around the uh, six spices, which is what I did, and it came together uh, very quickly. And it, um, it's available on Amazon now worldwide. Uh, I'll be doing an audio book uh, shortly. Uh, so if people wanted to get that and listen to it while they're commuting, that'd be great. Uh, the, and it's going to be the first in the series of three books. The second book is going to be organizing and managing uh, insanely great products. And the third book is going to be marketing insanely great products. Beautiful. Uh, so, any last thoughts, David, for my listeners before we concluded the show? No, just uh, feel free to get in touch with me if you've got any questions. I'd be glad to uh, help you out. Great. And, and where can people find you and, and your book? Uh, well, the name of the company is Spice Catalyst, so they can go to spicecatalyst.com. And if they go to Amazon and they do a search for building insanely great products, uh, the book will pop up right there. 
beautiful. I'll have the list. That, Sorry, that, go ahead. that includes not only the United States, but about 20 other countries also. It's, a, it's available as a Kindle book. Awesome. I'll have the links in the show notes. And thank you so much, David. This has been a wonderful chat. Thanks for taking time to be with us today. You're welcome. All right, that brings us to the end of one excellent interview with a very, very special guest. I really enjoyed speaking to David and, and asking him all the questions and I just hope you had fun as much as I did. Unlike many of my guests, David has witnessed product management and the industry right from the Macintosh days to the current day startup frenzy world. The only person on my show that's been this close is Rich Mironov, who was on episode 19. Uh, in today's episode, David gave uh, a very nice example of focusing on the customer's journey by talking about the cost of battery, uh, taking an example for, uh, you know, of a fire alarm he has in his condo and the cost of insurance. I also like the way he calls entrepreneurs as product manager plus. I firmly believe in this and you've seen me bringing in entrepreneurs on this show as much as I bring in product managers. I also like the new title David suggests for product managers. I love the fact that we get measured on success, which makes makes more sense. So let me know what you think about this and a lot of what David had to, had to say in this episode in the comments. That's all I have for today. You can find the show notes at www.designyourthinking.com slash episode 028. And if you liked listening to this episode, let us know by heading over to iTunes, subscribing to this podcast and leaving us a rating and review. Just go head over to designyourthinking.com slash iTunes. And if you are a product manager listening to this episode right now, let me know what's your number one challenge that you face every day. Send me an email to karthik at designyourthinking.com and also jump onto my newsletter by heading over to designyourthinking.com for some interesting stuff coming very soon. Again, I hope you enjoyed listening to this conversation and more importantly, I hope you do something with it. That's all for today. Till I see you in the next episode, stay tuned, stay inspired. Love you all. Thanks for listening to the Design Your Thinking podcast. Subscribe to our newsletter at www.designyourthinking.com.